0: Love, talk radio. Good afternoon, this is Patrick D. McCoy, the host of Across the Arts. I am so glad that you all are joining us today for the conversation series. I am so honored to welcome to this broadcast baritone Kenneth Overton. Kenneth Overton is lauded for blending his opulent baritone with magnetic and varied portrayals that seemingly emanate from deep within body and soul. Raised in Philadelphia, Kenneth Overton's symphonious baritone voice has sent him around the globe. Kenneth is one of the most sought-after opera singers of his generation and successfully started his season with a return to the New York City Opera, performing the role of Jake Wallace in Puccini's La Fanciulla del West. Shortly thereafter, he returned to the San Francisco Opera in the most eagerly anticipated new opera of the season, and it was the world premiere of John Adams' The Girls of the Golden West, as a cover for the role of Ned Peters. Additionally, Kenneth thrived in his Hungarian debut as Porgy in the Margaret Allen Open Air Theaters production of Porgy and Best, where he was heralded as one of America's most renowned opera singers. I could go on and on and on about these accolades, but what I would like to do right now is to welcome Kenneth Overton. Good afternoon, Kenneth.
1: How are you?
2: Um,
0: well, it's such an honor to be here with you, to see you, and to hear you. And you have so many people here to support this endeavor of this afternoon. It's so great to see you.
1: Oh, it's so great to see you. It's great to be seen in all of this mess. I'm glad I'm amongst the living. And hello to everybody out there. I'm glad you're here.
0: I think the last time that I saw you in the flesh was last year when you appeared here in Washington under the auspices of the Color of Music Festival in the Mozart What And I remember the soprano was Marcia Thompson and tenor Chauncey Packer, and, uh, and the mezzo was Lucia Bradford. And so that was such a wonderful time uh, to hear you. Um, as you just mentioned, this is a, a, a crazy time, but I'm glad we were able to, to spread a little joy in the crazy time. Talk to me about um, the effect of uh, COVID-19 on your schedule. My goodness, it wiped that thing out. Oh. It it
1: out. But when I tell you, I had gotten home from being on tour with the American Spirit Ensemble, and I left the tour early because the rest of my calendar was going to pick up and I needed a moment. And uh, Dr. McCorvey was gracious to let me leave early. And I got home and I did a recital four days later and it was the last thing I sang.
0: Wow. Oh my goodness.
1: So everything I had from March through August was wiped out.
0: That is is the sad reality for so many people in the performing arts. And just um, in the whole... Um, society, period. I mean, this is a really rough time. But I want to turn our attention to a bright light in this whole thing. First of all, as I mentioned in your bio, you were raised in Philadelphia. Of course, you know, Philadelphia has a rich musical heritage, including the lady from Philadelphia herself, Contralto Mary Anderson. And then you have the whole uh, gamut of of people there, the great Karen Slack. And you have the, the... the Great Simpson Legacy with Evelyn Simpson Curitan and Marietta Simpson and Eric Owens. So you're you're holding up a high banner of musical excellence. Talk about what, Phil- what Philadelphia meant for you, um, just in your musical nurturing.
1: Listen, Philadelphia is it's such um, um, a huge blessing to be from a city with such great uh, legacies from Florence Quivar. And and Marion Ansley and Wilhelmina Fernandez yeah. you know, and Isakaya Savage, like for real. So anytime I say I always feel like those hot are on me and you better represent and not mess up Philly. So <laughs> <laughs> I keep the standards high because I know Miss Anderson is watching and I need to make her proud.
0: You know, speaking of, of Miss Anderson, I wanna I wanna bring up, um, you know there's a wonderful documentary, if I'm not mistaken, that PBS is about to come out with her uh, on, and that's so exciting. And then you all, of course, have the historic um, Mary Anderson site there. Miss um, uh, Jillian, if I'm not mistaken, um, runs that and has held that that legacy high. But I want to take a little uh, uh, transition because I know everybody is tuning in for this special uh, broadcast on um this conversation, this special conversation series, where I um, reached out to you and you were so gracious because I want to celebrate uh, one of our musical forms that sometimes doesn't get the the platform that it needs to get, and that is the African American art song, and also even um, the, the concertized spiritual. So, Kid if you have a recording called uh, "Been in the Storm So Long," which is a mixture of the spirituals and the art songs, what inspired you to pursue Uh, the African American art song in particular
1: in particular because it was underrepresented and I just felt that at the time when um, Dr. Everett McCorvey who produced the project he said come to me with a proposal for what you want to do and we'll do it and I thought about it and I prayed about it and I said the world does not need another German song cycle CD at the moment Mm -hmm. (laughs) as much as I love that music, people sing it forever and ever, I felt that it was uh, the right time to celebrate the composers that look like me, because I've been blessed with a platform where people who listen to me sing and come to recitals and concerts, and so to put their music on those programs and give them that platform was going to be the greatest joy, and it has turned out to be.
0: I want to take a moment uh, and play uh, one of the beautiful art songs featured on your recording. It's called "Since You Went Away," and it's by H. Leslie Adams. And, and the wonderful thing about this is Mr. Adams is still living, and I hope yes. that we will continue to celebrate these great figures, um, you know, while they are here. And I want to play this, and I hope that it's uh, audible for all of the listeners. Mm-hmm. I may have to, to revisit. I think we, we've had a little, this little sound issue again. I, I, I'm being informed that the sound didn't come through. Um, but just, just meanwhile, um, while I'm, I'm fixing our, our um, sound clip, I was so, uh, again, thankful for you for the fact that you sent the wonderful notes that were written by Dr. Roger George, who is an exceptionally Uh, gifted tenor. And I just want to share uh, with the audience as I I try to uh, find this clip that we can do it in another way. Um, Roderick noted in his notes, he says, for more than a century, African-American composers have written in Western classical style, yet the works of these musicians are frequently neglected by all but a few performers and scholars. Oftentimes, the totality of a singer's acquaintance with art song literature by African-American composers is limited to spiritual arrangements. This yields the unfortunate impression that the contributions of African-American composers to classical art song literature is severely limited. This alone gives reason and merit to the inclusion of songs from the African-American art song repertoire on this recording and promotes the study and performance of these songs in hopes that they will perform regular components among standard vocal literature. So, Kenneth, what has been your reception, or rather, what has been the reception of um, your audiences when you program these songs?
1: Listen, it's such a, an interesting reception because de- depending on the audience, most of them, have not heard these songs before. And so I get a lot of people in the receiving line like, oh, wow, that was so beautiful. Or I didn't know that that was written, and I would never heard it before. And what made you choose the song? and Oh, I can't wait to go and research it and uh, give it to my students or sing it myself. Mm -hmm. And so it's been a wonderful sort of uh, reception and exploration uh, for myself and for audiences alike. It's, It's been great.
0: Thank you. Now, of course, we cannot have a conversation about African-American art song or, or Black art song without mentioning Dr. Willis Patterson. I remember um, when I was a student at Virginia State, which there is a connection there also with Dr. Patterson, but I remember uh, you have the, the one folio of, of um, African-American art songs, the anthology rather, and now, since then, you know several um, other folios have come out. Um, do you remember what was the first um, African American art song that you sang?
1: I
2: believe
1: it was "Prayer" by Leslie Adams.
0: Oh, so therefore, I hope I can get my 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 little setup here to act up. Not act up. It is acting up. That's what's happening. It's acting up. Um, I'm gonna see. Can I do this in another fashion? You know, the devil would not get the glory in this moment.
1: No, sir. <laughs> Leslie Adams is amazing. He's probably one of my favorites of any color composer.
2: Mm. He just he just sets the text
1: so beautifully uh, uh, for the voice to sing. It 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 just. It does what voices naturally want to do. And the piano parts are amazing. That's that's my friend Kevin Miller on piano on this whole CD project. Amazing piano. So does this scene look
2: familiar to you? Oh, he
0: is. We love Kevin here um, in Washington, uh, especially with his work with Washington National Opera. Yes. And um, you all, thank you all for your patience and bear with me. I think we're. We're gonna be on the right track in a minute. We're gonna <laughs> you know, I, I just shared with people, you know, doing these online presentations is certainly more uh than a notion, but we are gonna get it together today. Yes, indeed. Yes. And just why um and just why um I have a couple of connections that I wanna make. I was so honored to meet Um, Leslie Adams uh, a few years, well, a little more than a few years ago now at the African American Art Song Alliance Conference where I was a presenter. And I definitely want to shout out to Dr. Daryl Taylor who has done such um, sterling work in this area of African American art song. Um, And so I think we're almost ready. (laughs) I think we're almost ready here.
1: Daryl E. Taylor is one of the pioneers. He is just doing such great work out there in Irvine, and I'm so proud of him. I listen to his Leslie Adams recordings all the time.
0: (laughs) All right, so I think we might be on the right track here. So we're going to share the computer sound. We're going to share we're going to share. Okay. To my people live on Facebook, let me know whether you hear this uh, about the push play. Forgive the ad. The show when this happened. Oh, man. It's you.
2: to The stars don't shine so bright Okay,
0: so we do... So I'm going to go back because now the sound is up. Thank you all for your patience and helping me. The cell went away when you sag away. Oh my goodness. Oh almost scared to go off of this page because we finally got the sound <laughs> working. So, of course, um, this is um, one of, I would say, one of uh, H. Leslie Adams' most treasured um, pieces. So when you sing a work like that with such a probing, probing uh, text, what is the first thing you do to really make that a part of yourself?
1: Um, I definitely make it personal. And that's one of the things that makes that particular song very difficult to sing at times um, because I was asked to sing it um, at a memorial service for a dear friend by his family. And that was very, very hard. Mm -hmm. Um, And my friend Angela Owens also made a video out of that recording, um, me sort of paying homage to all of the, uh, African-American male pioneers that have come before. Me. And so I think about them and this legacy and this torch that they've handed that's so heavy sometimes, but I definitely make it personal.
0: Speaking of pioneers, could you maybe share with the listeners, uh, both on Blog Talk Radio and on Facebook, um, the impact that Mr. George Shirley has had on your life and career?
1: She is one of The most amazing human beings I have had the honor to be in the presence of, the honor to share the stage with, um, and just to be around. He's so encouraging and kind and generous. And, I mean, he's sung everywhere that needs to be sung. (laughs) But you can talk to him like a friend, like an uncle, like a father, like a I mean, he's just so approachable and so kind. And he teaches me by his example. Mm. His example of excellence, his example of elegance and kindness and generosity. So I I love that man with everything in my being. I got to meet him uh right now twenty two years ago in Austria. He was singing the Roller's sport in Life for the first time at the Bregan's Festival. And mm-hmm. it was my first time in Europe. I was a kid. And he was so kind to me and took me under his wing. He gave me wonderful advice and has been there ever since. So I adore that man.
0: Oh, my goodness. Um, would you like to speak to uh, the followers about your spe- – well, I can kind So as you all know, there's a wonderful uh, vocal competition named for Mr. George Shirley at the University of Michigan. And, of course, you also may have seen because of COVID-19, not only has this been affected, but also other uh, uh, artistic uh, endeavors. So Kenneth, would you like to make an appeal to uh, the listeners and the followers about um, the, the vocal competition?
1: Yes. So I have to say first, thank you to you for um, your original idea. So what you all don't know out there in the social media world is that when Patrick asked me to do this uh, Facebook Live with him and to play some tracks for my CD, he originally wanted it to be sort of a fundraiser for me uh, because he knows that artists all over the world are suffering. Um, And we can't do what we do. And I thought that that was so kind and so generous. Um, And when I hung up the phone with him, something just hit me. And like five minutes later, I called him back and I said, listen, I don't want any money for myself. I said, God is going to take care of me. And I have food in my fridge and my rent. You know, listen, God's going to take care of it. So I want to give back to a young singer uh and help them on their way because i knew um that that was probably the right thing to do and so i called my buddy B. robert sims he is so fabulous one of the greatest interpreters of the spiritual and one of the greatest human beings i've ever met um and had the chance to work with um, i said brother how how can i find the right organization to be able to give back and he mentioned a few and the one that jumps off page was the George Shirley uh, vocal competition and so um, instead of any donations or money coming to me they're going to go to the Kenneth Overton award for the best performance of an African American art song by a living composer at the very next George Shirley vocal competition in 2021 May first May twenty first through the twenty third. And so I am so happy and honored and uh, to be able to give back in this way. So anything that you all donate, I will match and see to it that at least a thousand dollars is awarded to the serving up and coming local students.
0: That is so wonderful. And so if you all want to make a donation uh, to the George Shirley Vocal Competition, if you would go to, and it's all one word, forgive if, me if I um, haven't typed it, but it's George georgeshirleycompetition.org. It's it's one word. So it's George georgeshirleycompetition.org. And you can go to the website and there's a, a donate button. And if you have any issues with the donate uh, button, um, you can also uh, contact them. Um, at the email that's provided. But I also must pay homage to Dr. Louise Toppin, uh, who I absolutely adore, and her work with Bidemus, uh, just uh, an uh, uh, an advocate and someone who definitely pushes this art form, and particularly music of African-American composers. So shout out to, uh, and I must say, my hometown Petersburg girl, Dr. Louise Toppin. Yeah. Um
1: yesterday for a couple of hours actually talking about this very thing and um so for all of you singers out there um young old middle and otherwise she has one of the most amazing resources for african american art song that exists anywhere and everywhere and you can find this at the website African Diaspora Music Project, all one word, African Diaspora Music Project dot org, and there she has compiled every existing composer of African American descent,
0: oh my goodness, were,
1: where and when they were published, who the poets were, and how you can get this music. So please support that organization as well. Um, and the, so there is no excuse uh, <laughs> to not know how to find the music of African-american composers there's no excuse she has done this work she's continuing to do this work and she's in the process of adding uh, where you can find recordings of all of, of, of these songs as well so African please go
0: thank you so much now I want to I want to make this. The Chicago connection because you mentioned Robert Sims, and I got a chance to meet. Um, gosh, Robert Sims actually sang a recital uh, in Petersburg many, many, many years ago, and I actually reviewed the concert when I didn't even know that I was gonna, you know, be a reviewer. But I want to make that connection with um, Robert Sims because if I'm not mistaken, you got to to sing in the footsteps of a great. Of um, operatic luminary in three generations. Talk about three generations and 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 I'll let you tell it. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I hope I can
1: tell it without crying because it's such a special thing. Actually, that's one of the other times I got to share the stage before Shirley, but originally um, it was William Warfield, Benjamin Matthews, and Robert Sims. Now, that's already a knockout lineup and uh mr warfield had taken ill, mm. and robert called me <laughs> and said uh we want you to sing his track in the concert and i was like what you talking about Are you <laughs> 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 and so i got the music in the mail that's exactly these snail mail thing
2: mm. i got the
1: mail and there was these amazing original arrangements done by Jackson Harrison mm. done by the Lena McLean that were written specifically for this concert for those three men and to see on the manuscript William Warfield and, ben Matthews, and it was like, You what me to sing? what are you kidding and so I did a few um, concerts with them in his stead huge huge Shoes to even try and fill, like my foot just ground in those shoes, it's amazing. But, um, and then George Shirley came in and did uh, a performance with us, and he sang Oh Freedom, and he sang before me in this concert. and I said, I know y'all don't expect me to go ahead and sing after that. <laughs> I, <laughs> he just knows how to take the stage and set it on fire, just mm-hmm. like and, Ben Matthews, if you all don't know the legend of the late, great Benjamin Matthews, you need to do some research and find out, this man taught me how to sing spirituals. He and Wayne Sanders, as you know, are the founders of Opera Ebony, the longest running um, African-American opera company in the country, um, but he was a true pioneer and advocate for the spiritual and taught me everything that I know about so, yeah, three generations opened up a whole lot for me.
0: A whole lot. Wow. I want to stop for a moment because you have a, a nice following on here. And I want to make sure that I give some shout out on here. Um, your people are supporting this effort. Um, hey y'all. Hello to, to, to Charlotte Dorian Small, uh, Cheryl Hill, Chika Goo, Rashad Simmons, David Echoes, Damian Jeter. Looking forward to Damien's Requiem. Uh, Deirdre Robinson, Stephen Holmes, Karen Slack, Alan Richardson, Gwendolyn Brown, Kim Marshall, Eric Kong, Damien Snead, Dr. J. Jordan, Edwin Jamal Davis. Let's see, Adrian Dunn, Karen, oh, that's a Chicago connection there. Adrian Dunn, Janet Jarrell, Miss Euraline Watson, Sherry Duke. Hey, Sherry Duke. I know Sherry Duke. Iris Fairfax, Dante Davis, Laquita Mitchell, and the list goes on and on. I'll try to get the rest. Oh, you, wow. you got some people are here. So since we made that Chicago uh, connection, of course, with Robert Sims, but you also harkened to, my goodness, the great Lena McLean. And so hopefully, I, since I've, I've mastered this little thing, I hope you all bear with me. I want to try to... Even though we're talking about uh, the African-American art song, I would love to include, of course, the the spiritual arrangements um, as well and and other pieces um, from the repertoire. So I want to play uh, this arrangement of Don't You Let Nobody Turn You Around by Lena McLeod. So hopefully this will work this time. I'm going to take my time. We got a little time, so I can take my time with it. And you all, thank you all so much for for being with us in this uh, conversation. So we're gonna try this this time. It says share computer sound, I did that. So for all the people who are doing this stuff, you, you, we're doing it by trial and error together. So when you do your uh, your vlog, you can, you can master this as well. So I think I see here, we're gonna share that. We're gonna share that. We're going to, oh, I hope this works this time. Facebook audience, let me know if you can hear. get this together just yet.
2: Okay, still no sound. Just
0: while I'm trying to get this straight, Kenneth, they're saying that your, uh, your photo is wonderful and wanted to know who the photographer was.
2: The title turn around, turn you round, turn you round, coat you round. Let's just
0: start this over now.
2: Thank you all for your patience.
0: Play Kevin Miller.
1: And when I was done with each of those four or five days, I was wiped out. Wiped out. It is such a difficult uh, discipline because those microphones, they pick up every little shady. <laughs> uh <Uh-oh>,
2: sorry.
0: oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. You were talking about the shady microphone picking up everything. Yeah. Point. <laughs> and so I,
2: um, Kevin and I, it was painstaking
1: at times. There were some songs we did, and we did it one take and we got it. Mm-hmm. And then there were some songs where it was like, you know what, if I sing this one more time. So, um, I would normally just sing it all the way through one, and then we would go back and record uh, different sections. And I would take a take from section one, and then a the take from section four. And my amazing recording engineer, David Anderson, was slicing it all together. And then the hardest part for me actually was when it was done, giving the approval for, okay, I really like this whole state, let's go with it. And you just have to, you know, see it like a child that's just in up for a first day of school, you just have to let it go and release it to the universe. Mm-hmm. So um, it was rewarding, it was tiring. But um, I'm so glad that we did it, and we actually had like three more songs that didn't make parts of the CD because I just couldn't wrap my
2: mind
0: with, uh, around getting a great take. So um, I'm just gonna have to do nothing. <laughs> Talk to me a little bit uh, about uh, it, 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 it's so much to pick from, and, and you know that you, you gave me and as a wealth of material. But one of the songs that you all and I would have uh, apologized for the little sound hiccup just now. But talk to us about Genius Child, this wonderful Light Hughes text, because I'm going to play this uh, for the listeners.
1: First of all, Kevin Miller plays the fool out of everything. But that Genius <laughs> Child, that Genius Child, he, those fingers that fire to those people. I said, come on now. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> actually, it was Dr. Roger who suggested Genius Child to me because I was like, I need something up-tempo, something with some fire. Um, because, you know, we can get uh, in our singer world and wallow and flow songs all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what attacked me to it was the text I like to do. Um, and I wanted to talk about
2: uh, the poetry of our pioneers as well, like Jordan O'Hurston and, and Paul Lawrence Dunbar. Mm-hmm. Um, these,
1: these poets, and their words are seeming to be sung. Um, and so this one jumps off the pages. just like Prayer by Leslie Adams often when use uh, poetry and since you went away with James Robert Johnson poetry, just if, if I don't feel moved by it, it's more difficult for me to wrap my chords around mm-hmm. it to or to longer to learn it, so the stuff that I choose to sing, you better believe it, because I am immediately and instinctively attracted to the text. First, when I was younger, it was, it was probably reversed, I was attracted to pretty melodies pretty song, but I feel like I need to
0: say something else with the text. Wow. I want to uh, take a little um, detour because Robert Anthony Mack just joined the line.
2: Robert!
0: And, and with that being said, um, just to, to step away from uh, the art song, and, and particular the African American art song right now, since uh, Robert Anthony Mack is already here, uh, could you maybe talk about the pioneer work that you two are doing together with Opera Noir New York?
2: Baby, can, I see, do you,
1: can you see the gray in my beard? <laughs> that's <They're> growing out <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I tell you. Uh, so, listen, Robert and I and um, another colleague of ours, Darren Coleman, started Opera Noir out of the living room of Opera epic. We were in the home of Ben Matthews and when Ben Matthews was giving, and PBS uh, was shooting the masterclass of sort of a documentary about Ben's life. And after the class, you know, the, the audience was mingling around, and Wayne said to us, he said, you know, we're getting up in years, and, you know, the young folks had to pick up and, and carry it on. And so Baron and Robert and I looked at each other and was like, what should we do? And so we literally just got out our phone and called our friends, and we started having monthly meetings in their homes, and we would invite industry professionals that we were working with at the time, stage directors, conductors, Martina Arroyo, Stilton Harris, Carolyn Blackwell, Michael Arroyo, Anthony Waters, really of their time and expertise. And each time we had a meeting, the room grew and grew in population with these gorgeous brown, black faces. And we said to each other, we have to do a show. There's too much talent in this room to not sing. And so pre-Facebook and Instagram, we printed up tickets, went to the church, got 20 of our friends, um, and put together a gala. And then... (laughs)
2: I <laughs>
0: When you mentioned uh, Harold Blackwell, um, if I'm not mistaken, you all had a masterclass that you all featured her in. The reason I brought her up Because it made me think about the fact that Ricky Ian Gordon setting up Genius Child and so we're going to have this Contrasting setting um, yes. Right now so I'm going to play that uh, As we wrap up our time together This has been wonderful so this Is Genius Child And this wonderful Text by like use. I'm going to play this And stop talking You know what Let me, let me go back let me go back, because I don't want to cheat that magnificent piano accompaniment by uh, Kevin Miller. So let me <laughs> So let's do this again.
2: Kill him, kill
1: him, and let him go. oh my God <laughs> and trying to record that old beat, and I tell you
2: Oh, my goodness.
0: or the the opportunity you had to work on The Passion passion of Yeshua and and talk about that recording and and what that has meant to you?
1: Listen, um, The Passion of Yeshua came to me through a friend named um, Janelle McCoy, who used to be the executive director at the Oregon Bob Festival. And she and I were friends and singing colleagues, Um, and she left singing for arts administration. And she called me and she said, hey, Do you mind if I give Richard Daniel for your phone number? There's a piece that he's writing, and I think you would be great for it. And I was like, "Sure, thanks." You know, and you never think that things will materialize like that. Well, an hour later, Richard Daniel for was on my phone, and I was like, "I looked down at my phone, and the caller ID said Richard Daniel for." I was like, "Are you serious?" (laughs) And he said, "Um, "I want the person to." that sings this role to be a man of faith. Mm. I don't want it just to be somebody who's doing it for another job. And that really moved. And um, he took me to lunch in New York and uh, brought the score. And originally, he wanted me to sing the role of the narrator. And he said, but after meeting you and listening to you, you have to sing the role of Yeshua. And he said, I want the world to know that First, Yeshua does not look like he's from Stockholm, Sweden. Mm. (laughs) I want people to know (laughs) your heart is what is going to carry this group. So I premiered it, the world premiere in Oregon, uh, with the amazing joy of Paletta conduction. And then we did it in Los Angeles.
0: In that vein, we definitely want to also celebrate composer Anthony Davis, who just uh, won the Pulitzer Prize. Um, just uh, phenomenal! And it's so wonderful that our works are, are being uh, recognized in this, in this way. And as it pertains to Damien Jeter, I'm so excited about his African American Requiem, and he's also, um, you know, uh, he's from a town called Ettrick, Virginia, which is near uh, me and my hometown. And I got to see him in Port Best uh at the Met, uh, so yeah. that was um, so it was wonderful. But just as we, we wrap up our time together, um, it was so interesting that we had that that yet uh, set uh, about the music of Richard Daniel Poore. We have a lot of Daniel Poore connections on here, particularly uh, with Margaret Garner, um, yeah. and I see I see my girl Miss Angela Brown is on here. <laughs> You have a lot of people here. You have the great Nicole Houston Lane on here. And, of course, I mentioned Karen Slack and Robert Sims. I just want to speak to uh, everyone who is on here uh, because Kenneth hearkened to this also. We definitely have to support our artists. And we definitely, as you can, uh, this time that we're in, uh, you know, quarantine and things of that nature, it's given us a time to really sit down and focus on our projects and create our own platform. You know, I was truly moved um, when Kido spoke about the fact that this, uh, you know, opera noir in New York started out in the living room uh, of um, Wayne Sanders. And that living room is amazing. All of that artwork on the wall. Oh, my God. I, have, I had the honor of being there when I was there in New York to hear Miss Battle sing her triumphant uh, Carnegie Hall recital um, many years ago. So it was wonderful to be in that space. And to know that opera uh, noir in New York got its birth. In that wonderful setting, that is amazing. It's amazing. So, Kenneth, I just want to say again, thank you so much for sharing your afternoon with us. God bless you. And I want to know, um, is there any uh, final remark that you would like to uh, say to the listeners in terms of creating a platform for work, again, by African American Composers? Yes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You just have to. I personally feel like it is my responsibility to my elders, to my ancestors, to the legacy, to the culture, to use my platform to see the library, you can only see the forest, to a pane of glass. And that is not why they wrote this music. They wrote it to me. Tom, and they wrote it to reach the masses and to touch people and to move people. So we have to do every. every just like we sing, Mozart, Puccini, Verdi, Strauss, and all the rest, these these composers are brilliant, but so we have brilliant ones right here. And when I tell you the the music of Florence price, the symphonic stuff absolutely amazing. The Harry T. Burley uh, foundation that's run by Martin Luther when but think within it, prices, Violin concerto number no. two. When I tell you any mm-hmm. about my house, they program at every orchestra, not only in America but across the world. Our leaders and our arts administrators have to be brave enough and bold enough to program it and bring it to our listeners. Audiences are not dumb. Audiences are hungry for greatness. Audiences are they're hungry for new voices, new music, new, new sounds and we have to give it to them as a the musical guy. But as an artist of color, as a black man, it is my responsibility to sing the music of my people every day.
0: You all heard it, yes. We need, to, we need to hear and see all of that. You know, everybody who knows you knows that I can talk about a minute, but when you were speaking, it was something that came to mind that I want to ask you because I want to know what does it feel like to sing for an African-American conductor?
1: it's different than uh, with a female conductor. Mm. It, 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 it's different. Um there's a there's a connection there, there's an understanding there. Um, as well as there's an understanding I have a and I've had about maybe eight teachers in my in my life. Um but this is the first time that I've had a black teacher His name is Gregory Lamar. And mm. the reason one of the biggest reasons why I believe that things are going so well for me is because of the
2: work that he and I do. He understands the voice and my voice. Mm-hmm. and He doesn't
1: try to put something else on to me. He goes in and figures out how this mechanism works. And I've never had that with the teacher. I've always had them, mm-hmm. he took the time out before we sang a note with each other to figure out what he could offer what I had to do. he made me vocalize myself in front of me to see what I was doing. And I never had that before. And it's the same thing. And it's the same thing with the youth of And I got to work with um, Joanne Paletta and Barbara Gates Turner and D. Jane Glover. Mm-hmm. it was a different energy, a different feel. Um, not better or worse, just different. And I loved it. I loved it. And we should have more. We need to have more brown people on those programs and in the board rooms, we need to have that. Audiences will come to see the show, not only when there's people on the stage that look like them, but when they're the stage make decisions on
0: their behalf. We've got to fix we got to fix it. That is so true. Again, thank, thank you so much for joining us for the conversation series on Across the coffee Arts. Again, this is Patrick McCoy. Please, I I, uh, ask you all to please consider uh, making a donation to the George Shirley Vocal Competition, and I hope that you will tune in for future installments of the conversation series. Again, thank you so much for joining us, and, Kenneth, our gratitude to you. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. such a pleasure. Thanks, everybody.